Yeah. Yeah. Whip it up and make it not. Uh, uh, uh. Chia. Welcome to the Terror Dome. If I was Chuck D, that'd be my intro. But this is me, B. Diddy. And I want to welcome you. I want to welcome you all to a special episode of the heartlandpodcast.com. Your home for news, music, culture, and most importantly, entertainment. This is going to be a dope episode coming up. First thing in the episode, I want to thank everybody that celebrated my birthday. Today's the 22nd. We celebrated my birthday yesterday. It was so epic. The turnout was so dope. It was me, my sister, Odenero. We went to the Braves game. It was so dope. We were sitting right behind home plate. Um, it was pretty. It was pretty dope. Like, cause we were in the shade. I really paid damn near next to nothing for the tickets. Tickets were so cheap. So when I got inside there, my sister actually brought me like a little hat. It was up there Snapchatting, Instagramming. I saw Bryce Hyper hit a home run in person. I think Bryce Harper is such a dope baseball player. Then my sister actually ended up getting me a cookie. Yes. Yes. She got me a cookie from the mall. A giant cookie. So delicious. I'm still bashing on that cookie. It was pretty dope at the baseball game. And then after the baseball game, I ended up going to AEBL basketball. Now, first thing that happens is that somebody tags my car in the rear. So I'm searching because it's at Piedmont Park. And for everybody that's in Atlanta, knows Piedmont Park is crazy packed. So I go in there. It's on my birthday. I'm trying to park. I'm backing up. And this dude rams right in back of me. Bam. Luckily, nothing happened. His car, nothing happened. My car. It was all good. And then I went inside. The actual AEBL, AEBL, which stands for Atlanta Entertainers Basketball League, actually went inside there. And when I went inside the AEBL, I saw that they had a bridge and L, formerly known as Lady B. She is so lit up there. She had got the whole thing rocking. It's a championship game. I saw the dunk contest. I ended up seeing the championship game. I was sitting right behind Dominique Wilkins. So, you know, can't get much better than that. You know what I'm saying? Like, that's a pretty good way to celebrate my birthday. So, some, so but during the course of the week, there's been some things I've been paying attention to. Um, this show is going to have Marcel P. Black, Ben Rouge rapper, my classmate from Southern University, advocate, leader, parent, father. We're going to talk everything, catch up with him. Last time we did an interview was about three years ago, and he's still growing. Um, and now somebody else I want to bring on is also going to be my homie, Derek Hunter from the great state of California. He is a West Coast aficionado boxing. He was at the Summer League. Very connected to 
NBA insider almost. Uh, we can talk about his NBA insider stories. We got the homie Derek on here. So, so this is just something that I, I like. I like sports, you know. I got homie that's an NBA insider. And speaking of sports, there's some things that's been going on, some arguments that need to be settled. They're saying, first thing is Usain Bolt. He is not the greatest Olympian of all time. We still, you, everybody forgets about somebody named Jesse Owens. All right? Get together. Jesse Owens, greatest Olympian of all time. Next, Carmelo, best basketball Olympian of all time. No, we got at least like five to six more people above you, Carmelo. I'm going to say Michael Jordan. Then I'm going to go Magic Johnson. Larry Bird. These are my best Olympians of all time. Larry Bird. Shaq. Man, I'm going to have to go old school, go Bill Russell. Because he won Olympic championship, a college championship, an NBA championship. Did it all, started all. I mean, one of the greatest ever. And then I'm still not to, I'm still not to uh, Carmelo Anthony. I'm gonna put LeBron above Carmelo, even though he only got two. He was a bigger factor. Then I might put Kobe, because Kobe had a bigger international presence. So nah, Carmelo, you might be eight, because you got three rings. I mean, you got three. You got three of them. And then Tokyo 2020, is that going to be the greatest Olympic Games ever? That might be because Tokyo is due for an exposition of everything they got over there. I love everything Tokyo, everything that's going on there as far as like all their like exciting technology developments. Like I'll go over there and do Dance Dance Revolution over there in Tokyo, have a good ass time. I go to Tokyo and I get all the J's because, you know, they big sneaker heads. I go get some bathing ape, you know, Tokyo turn up. I go get some Tokyo. Shout out to Tokyo 2020. Now, music things that um, are coming out in music that I've been really checking out. I want everybody to know that that Nas album done is one of my favorite songs. And then that major key. I love that. Then Frank Ocean. Came out with music finally. It's called Blonde. He actually has a song on there with the legend himself. Andre 3000, Three Stacks, is on Blonde with Frank Ocean. So I think that's going to be a good combination for him. What y'all think? I want everybody to make sure you hit me up on the Facebook page. Okay. On the Facebook page, I want everybody to hit me up. HeartlandPodcast.com Hello What up man You tell me my brother You are You're on the podcast bro I got you I got you plugged in Are we plugged in already? Yeah man We plugged in We turned We turned up right now It was good Man, cool, man. Shit, waiting on you, bro. Trying to uh, ready to knock it out. Uh, well, well, 
welcome. Thank you for coming to HeartlandPodcast.com. Let's get your social media out the way right now. Let's get them. Let's get it because I know the campaign is strong. It's it's going strong. The campaign is strong. So let's 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 let the people know. All right. First and foremost, MarcelPBlack.com. Uh, MarcelPBlack.BandCamp.com. Um, at MarcelPBlack on Twitter as well as Instagram. Search MarcelPBlack on Facebook. Uh, booking book MarcelPBlack. Um, for other inquiries, MaroonMusic at gmail.com. You know what I'm saying? So pretty much for the most part, anywhere you Google Marcel P. Black, you know what I'm saying? You're going gonna to find me. I love it. So what? So Marcel P. Black, man, what's going on with the music? I heard, I've been paying attention to the music. I like the Cry Freedom. I love the I love the Cry Freedom cover. And I also feel like you, yeah. you got uh, some bangers on there that I checked out, man. Yeah. Yeah, man. Um, album drops nearly a month ago, July twenty second. You know what I'm saying? Um, you know, birds been a blessing, man. Like, um, you know, it's 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 done well as far as selling or whatever. I'm not gonna lie to you. You spoke about the campaign. Excuse me. <clears throat> the campaign. I'm not gonna lie to you, brother. The, the, the campaign has been very difficult, man. You know, like, um, I've been working on this particular album for I had to work on it for eight years, like on and off from start from start to beginning or whatever, and um. Had a lot of starting stops with it. Um, on June 21st, um, I want to say I decided to go. I, I chose the release date for um, J- July 22nd, and then on July 5th, you know what I'm saying, brother, I was starting to get lynched. And so I was very, very uh, cautious about putting it out. I almost pushed it back because I didn't want people to, you know, I didn't want to, you know, promote the album. You know what I'm saying? And miss all was going on, especially as I was getting, you know, kind of been. Call to leadership in my, you know, in, you know, in what we live at in Baton Rouge or whatever. But um, you know, I, I, I spoke to different uh, community leaders, you know, and uh, you know, Jasir, the, the you know, the homeboy Jasiri X talked to a couple of uh, brothers from the Nation of Islam, and they encouraged you to put the album out. You know what I'm saying? So, um, you know, the album came out. Everybody was saying, you know, it, like I said, this album. I began working on this album in summer of 2008, and I finally put it out. Right. So, but everybody's saying, you know, kind of, it, it very much speaks to the conditions that's going on in African America, specifically um, what's going on here in Baton Rouge, you know what I'm saying, uh, where I live at, and, uh, you know, people are calling the soundtrack to the city. And so, you know, I was doing some things, doing different shows, a lot of shows, um, not a lot of shows, but did a couple things moving around, and then the flood hits in Baton Rouge, you know what I'm saying, in, in, um, in August. So I'm not going to lie to you, bro. Now, I've, I've been, you know, I just got back from Texas this past weekend, but, uh, you know, with all this going on, the campaign has, you know, to, to, to say that the campaign has gone on without a hitch, I've been lying to you because, you know, I'm definitely dealing with what my people are going through here in the city. But, you know, um, I put a lot of time into it on the front end, and the album is definitely something that I'm going to put a lot of time in on the back end. So, you know, you know, some of the things that I wanted to do in the month of August got delayed, but, you know, the, thank the Lord, I still got the rest of my life. So, you know, just keep grinding, keep pushing. Uh, definitely got some shows, you know what I'm saying, out of town that, I, that I'm going to be doing in the intermediate, you know, but uh, just bless, man. That's 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 pretty dope because you don't want to seem like you're trying to push an album and you also in the limelight, like, you know, like you got the light on you because of the music and the work that you've been putting in. So it's it's a bad time to have a press run while you're trying to schedule a press run for an album. Like you want you don't want to you didn't want to piggyback off of it. You didn't want to piggyback. Yeah, I, I, you know, I, you know, man. We go back. Yeah, you, you know what I'm saying. You know, we've been about this. We met, we met in the history classes talking about 
revolution, talking about, you know what I'm saying, black empowerment. So that's how we met, you know what I'm saying? We met going to Skazy and all this other stuff. So we was on the Quiz Bowl team. Like, you know, so you, you know this is what I've been about. You know that since, uh, since I've been in Baton Rouge and I've worked in the community as an educator, um, as a teacher, as a youth development worker, right now I'm a mental health counselor. So I've been here first in my community, like, this is like, so Cross Freedom is my third album, but it's my ninth project overall. And you're familiar with my music, man. You know, I've, I've been RBG since day one. So, like, um, and, 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 that's, and that's pretty much the reason why an artist like Jasiri X and my fans and other people in the city encouraged me to keep doing what I'm doing because they felt like my content is very timely. <laughs> and, excuse me, and it can even be therapeutic. It, it can even be, you know, even be therapeutic for people that are going through the struggle right now. You know what I'm saying? So, um, that's why I did it, man. And, you know, you got haters out there who said that I'm trying to capitalize. Like, look, um, the the newest song on the album, like the most recently recorded song, was, is like on the album, it's like from 2012. You know what I'm saying? I just been sitting yeah. on records until I, the time I, was right. I know, right. You know, I, you know what I'm saying? I know you personally. I know you're not trying to capitalize off the album. Right. That's, so, that's that's what I know about you. That's why we clearing it up right here on right on the podcast. Right. I'm, I'm, just, I'm, just, I'm, just, I'm, just, I'm just putting it out there, man, because, you know, I'm like, you, so like, I, it literally took me, I, I, mean, I have no shame in saying that. Like, the second song on the album was the first song I started, and we started that, uh, the summer of 2008. I have no, I have no shame in saying that these songs are older and I've been sitting on them. And you know, I definitely, I went back and updated some of the songs and I got to remix and I got to remaster and added features to them. But I, I have no problem saying that these songs are older songs because to me that is a testament of, um, you know, if you make great music, it's timeless. And that's what I'm, that's what I went for with this project. Like, if you think about it, man, like, a lot of people, even me, I, I always get confused what decade Frankie Beverly and Maze came out. So, you don't know if it's the, the 60s, the 70s, the 80s, the 90s, because the music is timeless. It doesn't sound like a time period. It sounds great and everlasting. It's so, so, you know. It's to the point now. Yeah, I don't know. I don't, even, I don't even know. I used to think they was from Baton Rouge. Just because it used Cause to, because because it was just yeah. so, it just felt like people just adapted it so much. I had no idea where they're from, what year they came out. But I know that I know right. one thing. I know that everybody mess with their whole campaign and their music going. Right, on. right. You know they're in New Orleans all the time. Like you would think he's from New Orleans, but you I don't know where they're they from. from. I don't know when they came out. But it's great time as music, man. And like you know, making the album, I wanted to do something. You know, of course, I wanted to represent the city of Bad Rouge. Right. You know, this, you know, I'm not, I'm not a bad, I'm not a Bad Rouge native, but I'm a Bad Rouge adopted son. Uh, this definitely I spent the majority of my adult life or whatever. And I, I definitely wanted to, you know, tell the story of a black man working in the community, trying to do something positive, you know what I'm saying, in bad rules. But at the same time, man, I wanted to put on an album that can compete <laughs> with any independent hip-hop album, you know what I'm saying, you know, that's out across the country. How like, I, like, how, I want to compete with... How, how, do you think, how do you think the Baton Rouge scene has got to the point where it can support artists like yourself, D1, Boosie? I feel like for Baton Rouge to be, what, the 50th big, biggest market in the country? All the is music, it? It, it's, it's small. It's a small market. What what it's what size market is it? I would say that it's probably. I don't, it's know, not I don't, know. I don't, I don't know, man. It's not twenty. It's not top twenty. But you, but you look at the charts, though. You look at the scene. You look at who people are moving it. What do you think? You, what do you think? How has it got to this point where it's been able to support so many artists? It's not, in my personal opinion. Well, um, well, I, I mean, well, you know, you I think I, I think that um, I think that uh. So, so Baton Rouge is again. You got your, you got your, your, your street slash club side, and you got the uh, more, I guess you could say, 
underground side. I'm on the underground side. You know what I'm saying? So um, I can't really speak the street class club side. I can only speak from observation. And on the other side, I can speak from you know what I'm saying the other from experience. Um, for, for on the other side, it's difficult, man. If you think about it, as far as national superstars, uh, Baton Rouge has Boosie Webby and Gates, which and none of them live here. You know what I'm saying? Um, you know, you always local. Uh, you know, local local regional star wars. You always got uh, you got level. You know, what I'm saying? you got the OG Max Minnelli. You got the OG uh, CeeLo. They still doing things, but you know they're a little older and. Um, you know, the you know, you're not gonna really hear them as much in the club. You hear love them in the club. But Boosie Webby and Gates aren't here. So like, you know, locally there the presence isn't felt um like it is nationally, you know what I'm saying? Um on my on my side of the equation, like it I, I say there's no gas or whatever, but like I don't think there's ever really been um for, as far as like an underground independent hip hop, you know, artist that doesn't do club stuff or radio stuff, I think I may be the only artist to actually like like make waves outside of Baton Rouge, you know what I'm saying? Like you know like you know back in like the early the late '90s, early 2000s, you had uh, those that composed, you had the irrelevance, you know what I'm saying? You had Taboo doing some things locally, you know, holding it down for like the more traditional underground hip hop or whatever. But for the most part, man, the artists like myself, um, you know, it's, it's 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 been difficult, man. Like the underground hip hop scene is very very young, it's very inexperienced. Uh, you know, I'm 30. I'll be 33 next month. Uh, most of the most most of the my 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 counterparts on the east uh, on the um on the MC tip are you know between you know their early their early 20s to like their mid 20s. You know, so um I'm seen I'm seen as a, I'm seen as a, a pioneer. I'm seen as a leader. To some, I'm seen as an OG. And some people in the same at the same token, some people don't like me. Whatever. But all of the say it's like um there's not too many artists on the underground tip. Who are you know getting radio spins you know say outside of town or touring or doing the festivals or that thing in nature? Um, nobody's getting radio spins. Um, if if you're not Boosie or Gates, you're not getting radio spins at Bad Roots because uh, 94.1 doesn't play uh, anything but top 20. So you, you you're more likely to turn on the radio and hear Katy Perry or Bruno Mars or you know what I'm saying something like that before you hear. Uh, you know, you hear Gates, but you don't really hear a lot of Boosie or Zero Webby okay. or anybody else because they they pretty all must play like the, the the top of the top list. You know what I'm saying? But um, but you don't you're not gonna hear any local rappers like the hottest rappers in the clubs are not getting played on the radio at Baton Rouge. And so if you're an underground rapper and you don't get club spins like myself or whatever, yeah. you know you have to kind of depend on the the college radios and the internet radio stations and you know are not commercial joints like that or whatever. But um, I think Baton Rouge has has lots and lots of talent. Um. But there's no industry here, and you know it's definitely uh, being an uphill battle trying to develop a scene. But um, it's something that I've, you know, I guess to kind of take it the mental what's and the, engage head on. What's the what's the radio politics? Since you're an artist that's in different areas, how do you compare the radio politics in your region compared to other regions? Oh, like, I mean, like I said, like I said, so uh, like a, when, as, like when you go like as far as like when you call up to the radio station, I'm talking about like. Emails? Do they respond back to emails? Like how serious? No, 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 are they? no, 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 no I'm, I'm not with a major label. See, so, so like m- most commercial major labels, yeah, commercial major labels or whatever. Um, um, you know, they're they're owned by very very few companies. You know what I'm saying? So you got Emmys Communications. You know, you got your Clear Channels Radio ones and things of that nature, or whatever. So, um, we're owned by Cumulus. Uh, I said we. I'm sorry. Ninety four point one is owned by Cumulus or whatever, okay. and they only play top twenty. So I, I'm not with the major label, so you're not gonna hear my stuff play. Like, like, like. Um, it's, it's it's one of the just you know, history majors like myself. So so in 1996, when Bill Clinton signed the um 
oh my god it was just in my, uh the radio communications act or whatever he made it to where um basically uh uh, uh companies corp- corporations could monopolize different um corporations could, could monopolize different radio stations so you could only at one point you can only own like two or three in the market yeah I and remember then he that. made it pretty much free trade you know pretty much free trade right yeah. and so what happens is what happens is you know they buy up all these markets you know what I'm saying they buy up all these stations these, these corporations or whatever and a lot of these people let's say I, and I, I'm just saying this I'm just saying this uh, hypothetically. I'm not saying this distinctively, but I mean, the person like you, you can you can be on the board of, on the board of uh, directors for for iHeartRadio, but you're also um, a, a vice president at Dev Jam. So of course, iHeartRadio is going to play a lot of Dev Jam artists. You know what I'm saying? Already, so, like, I'm, so really, I'm, so, I'm so, on so, the and, board. And, and, That's you know, why I'm on the board for it to get right, my right, artists played. So, 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 so all of these radio stations. Um, it, all, all these labels have "quote unquote" radio promotion budgets. You know what I'm saying? So, so me, if if even if I try payola, me trying to give a radio station DJ a thousand dollars to play my single will pale in comparison of what <clears throat> you would make for playing a Def Jam artist. You know what I'm saying? So there's really no incentive to play local artists who aren't on major labels at all. And so in a like Baton Rouge, like I said, um, Kevin Gates is on a major label. He's super duper hot or whatever. So he gets played a lot or whatever. Um, a person like uh, Max Manelli, who's not on a major label, who's, you know, he's been holding out Baton Rouge 15, 20 years or whatever. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. You're not going to hear him on the radio because even as accomplished as he is, you're not going to hear him on the major radio because, I mean, the mainstream radio because he's not on a major label or whatever. So, I mean, that's pretty much, I mean, and it, it's been a, like when they switched over and, and they fired all those people and, you know, started doing syndicated shows or whatever, it really hurt to see the Baton Rouge. So, because now, like, so if, if, if I'm a, if I'm a and r coming to Baton Rouge trying to see what's hot, and all I hear is Katy Perry, Bruno Mars, and Taylor Swift, and, you know, uh, Lord and, and Adele on the quote-unquote hip-hop or R&B station, you, miss, you know, I'm not going to hear none of the dope MCs and none of the dope music or even the club hits in Baton Rouge. So I'm going to keep moving to Baton Rouge. I have so, no incentive so to you, stop. So you're saying it's not just a regional problem, it's, it's a national problem. Oh yeah, man! It's a music industry problem. You know so, what I'm saying? So how? And do, I go lie, man. Like we got screwed. Like that, we really got screwed by it. How does that affect? Since it's the radio plays so much into getting events as an artist, how's that a play into you getting events? Oh uh, well, for me, for me, I, look, I saw this coming a long time ago because I've never made club music or radio music. I've always kept it RBG. I've always kept it underground or whatever. And so, uh, what I did was I found the college radios who are connected to that thing. So, radios, you know, doing interviews with people like yourself. You know what I'm saying? Uh, now I don't know how many. You know, I don't know how many uh, interviews I've done recently. You know, since everything has been going on or whatever. But I definitely get love and support from. My not you know my, my not traditional radio stations, and, you know, like I'm saying, like the online and the podcast or whatever, the not commercial radio stations. Like for me, um, I had three albums in a row that charted on in, on the uh, top um, the, the College Music Journal top forty hip hop charts, which was the international chart or whatever. Um, my last album didn't do it, and my most recent album it hasn't been out long enough to chart yet. But I'm going I'm going back for the charts or whatever. But yeah, man, like so the CMJs has been real real big for me. You know, what I'm saying three projects in a row. Uh, be on the charts or whatever. So I, I definitely, man, I, I, you know, I definitely uh, hit these college radios up and I do interviews and, you know, I do drops and, you know, pretty much any type of uh, radio station that had me, whatever, 
though, you know what I'm saying, you know, I, I definitely do those, and those have definitely been a career. Uh, it's, it's really the better difference in my career. So I don't even worry. I don't, as independent artists, man, I don't worry about, I mean, I, I always stay abreast of what's going on in the major label industrial complex or whatever, but for yeah. the most part, like, I, I watch what they do so I can be knowledgeable, but I work hard to see what I can do what works for me. And I really spend a whole lot of time, you know, I'm not worried about the clubs or the DJs and the radios. I go find the people that rock with me or whatever. So as far as events, I book my own shows. You know, I book, um, you know, I've, I've been doing it in the city for 10 plus years. You know what I'm saying? Everybody knows I've been putting it down or whatever. You know, I used to work with Donnie Rose or somebody, man. And so I have the connections to the venues myself. I don't need no middleman. As opposed to waiting on the promoter to huh. book me. Turn and, up. You, you, don't need you know what I'm saying? I go, I go straight to the venue. Right. I go straight to the venue. I get my own DJ. I book my own acts. I bring, I bring my friends in. You know what I'm saying? Uh, who travel the world? I get them to Baton Rouge or whatever, and I try to recreate what I see. Like a lot of this, a lot of the touring I do, I try to recreate some of the things I see out of town or whatever. And you know, um, I have an organization called Baton Rouge Hip Hop Project that's almost four years old, and we've done some great, great things in the city of Baton Rouge or whatever. So you know, um, you know, so sadly, radio and and and, and one of the guys in um, one of the guys in the organization, which all the guys have radio shows. That's a part of my organization. And so, you know, we, we, we definitely work together in that capacity. So, uh, yeah, I just do my own events, man. Like, like um, I, 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 I believe in, there's something I kind of came up with. I feel like um, where, there's nothing, where there's nothing established, there's more room to create. Blank canvas. Blank canvas. Blank canvers, baby. Like, 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 I ain't no, ain't, I don't got no gatekeepers. I ain't got nobody holding the door for me. I open up my own door, and I let other people in. I don't really worry about other stuff. And so, why they ain't nothing there for me? That means there's more room to create. So, your your hot, your program directors or your yeah. hottest, uh, your hottest DJs or whatever in the city, they really don't do nothing for me. And they can't do nothing for me. Whatever, you know. So I just do it for myself. I I feel that I feel that angle. Look, you gotta pay yourself. So, speaking of like your organization that you founded. Does it have a social component? How have your organization been responded socially? What's the social aspect of your organization being a Baton Rouge social organization? Aspect, the, 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 last so, four so, years, especially. So, right, 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 right. So uh, myself, I've organized um, 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 a fundraiser for uh, National AIDS Awareness Day. Um, you know what I'm saying? Um, my last show, we definitely had a fundraiser for the children out of Sterling. Actually, um, I actually got to meet after this. You know what I'm saying? I got to go uh, meet up with uh, a brother, and we, we, we're putting on um, another benefit for the family out of Sterling or whatever. Um, the, 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 the social component, I'm not going to lie, still in this infancy or whatever. I'm doing a whole lot of whatever, and I'm trying to do as much as I possibly can or whatever. Um, Batman Ship Hop Project was founded to, like, uh, to like bring hip-hop to, um, you know, to basically use uh, hip-hop as a platform to get a diverse group of people together who love hip hop. Cause you know, you may use the live here. Bad Rouge is Buku segregated. Buku segregated. On one side, you got the white kids who love, yes. hip, who love hip hop, the black kids. So I wanted to bring everybody together so we can all enjoy it together. And, you know, we've, we've had some really, really great shows or whatever. Um, you know, we, we also serve as like, a, um, a resource for, for MCs. So if you're an MC and you need your publishing, or if you're an MC, you know, you, you come to me, we come to get your publishing together. If you need us to help book you a show, how to properly book a show, if you want to learn how to book a tour, if, uh, you know, we're about to start doing discussion panels where we discuss all these other things, and uh, we're planning a, and we, we're still in the emphasis on this as well, but we're planning, like, uh, doing a panel and bringing some artists in who are MC activists, and we're going to talk about, um, 
using hip hop as a tool for um, social justice or whatever. So um, it's, it's it's definitely man. We, we, we'll December will be we'll be celebrating our four year anniversary or whatever. But as far as the, the social justice piece of it, it's still it's, it's still relatively new. You know what I'm saying? But um, I feel like with all this going on in the city, you know what I'm saying? The the, the time is now, and it's definitely on our agenda coming forward. Talking about the times, do you feel that the election coming up, the Republicans and the Democrats been playing it fair as selecting candidates out of the out of their party? Not at all, not at all, man. Um, I, first of all, I'm, I'm I'm registered, I'm registered independent. You know, so I voted for Barack the last two times. I'm registered as an independent. Um, no, indeed, man. Look, like this, I'm 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 really I'm really using my voice. And it's another thing we do with Barrel Chip our project. We're about to begin our voter registration drives or whatever. Because locally, like like pretty much between between the the murders, the the police killings of Baton Rouge and the flood, man, it really, really exposed how terrible our local government is. You know what I'm saying? And one 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 of the one of the things about Baton Rouge is very unique. Um it um the all this stuff is going on in the capital city. And so all the people that make decisions for our state and, you know what I'm saying, in our city, you know, are, are very, very, uh, very, very accessible. And so um, what we're about to do is we're about to organize and we're about to get the, we're about to get the young people voting. And, you know, whoever, whoever's not registered to vote, we're about to get them to vote. We're about, we're about to start doing some, uh, I have another organization uh, called People First, you know, um, and that, that we're about to start, you know, doing political education classes, you know, and get people to understand who we, who we need to get out of office and who we need to put in office. You know what I'm saying? As far as the national politics, um, I'm probably voting green. Um, I'm voting my conscience or whatever because I don't. I don't. Like, they, 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 they said that uh, somebody. I can't remember somebody said the joke or not even the joke, but it was they made the analogy like, um, let's say if it's two o'clock in the morning, you know what I'm saying, and, and, and your car breaks down and you knock on your neighbor's door, Hillary's the woman that's not gonna let you in, and Trump is the man that's gonna shoot you. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So, so, so I, you know what I mean? Like, like uh, I, I might knock on the other door, neighbor. They might not have a phone, but at least let me in. After rain, you know what I'm saying. So, uh, but I'm, I'm not, I, I, I'm, I'm not necessarily, uh, you know, pleased with either one of the, uh, you know, from the, uh, from the, from, from the blue or the red. I'm not really pleased with neither one see, of them. And I probably vote green. As of right now, I'm still, yeah. you know, I, I was, you know, I wasn't, I didn't all the way drink the Kool Aid on Bernie, but I'd, I'd much rather had him than Hillary. But you know, see, it I didn't wanna, turn out as such. See, this is what I want to see. I want to see how the green play their politics as far as picking candidates. I want to know. They got, they got Jill Stein. They got Jill Stein. How Jill she... Stein is legit. Like they, they got Jill Stein. Like, like, like she, she, see. The thing about the Green Party is they don't make the president known until his election year. If you're familiar with Jill Stein, she is true. You know what who, I'm saying? Who did Jill, Jill Stein? You got Elizabeth Warren. Who did? I, Jill... Yeah, she's she's legit. But who did? They, and they're working with Cornell West and uh, I want to say uh, Roz Baraka. I want no, is it Roz, Roz Baraka? I can't remember what one of the uh, you know you know so, so they got you know they they have I feel like as a black man in America I feel like if anybody truly and genuinely has people like myself you know what I'm saying the black folk in mind it is the Green Party but the thing about it is between you know between election years you don't hear nothing from them and so now it's like it's people who are so familiar with Hillary are not going to go green even if they don't want to vote for Hillary because they feel like it's a waste of a vote or whatever but it's just like. I mean, Marcel, let me tell you yeah. this. Let me let me tell you this, man. I'm so disappointed yeah. with the political process. I don't trust no party right now. I don't oh, me neither. Me neither. No, I, I, def- I definitely. It's so it's so messed up. I I want to know everything about the Green Party. I think it should be way more in, even independent. Like, how come 
the people can't pick who they want to be president. It's really. Well, it's I mean, really, well, well, well really, you, you can write in your votes, but that yeah. does, you know, that's 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 because I mean, honestly, I'm really disappointed in Bernie. Bernie should Bernie should have went green. If Bernie would have said, "I'm going independent," he probably would have got a real crazy, crazy fight. You know what I'm saying? Um, he, he, I think he would have. If the Green Party would have reached out to Bernie, I feel like the Green Party could have had a chance or whatever because he had crazy momentum. I mean, it sucks. Like, like you saw, like they fired like the campaign people for for the Democrats because the emails came out how the Demo- the, the, the Democratic the Democratic Party was trying to sabotage Bernie's you know Bernie's campaign because out they the wanted Hillary to be in. Right. So so, so it, it, it wouldn't even fair from jump. It's like, man, come on, bro. Uh, not, you know what I mean? And like, and if Trump getting office, he 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 was he was trying to reinstate slavery. So you know what I mean? So <laughs> so you know it's it's um it's bad news. It's a crazy situation, man. But like like I said, man, I, I've really been trying to uh, <clears throat> advocate to to the young people to get registered to vote and let's get this, let, let, let's get this you know let's get Kip Holden that well Kip Holden's gone, but let's get us a good mayor here. Let's get these people out the city council. Let's get these sheriffs out of here. Let's get these police chiefs out of here. Like all these, all these local politicians. Who make all these decisions? You know what I'm saying. They have they have no 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 goodwill towards uh, you know Baton Rouge is almost a black city. They have they have no goodwill towards black folks in Baton Rouge and poor people and brown people. You know what I'm saying. And you know um, that even um, you know um, the, the, the way they treat the LGBTQs. If you ain't got no love for them, you gotta go at this point. And so like, that's that's what they have really been advocating. You know what I'm saying with the young with the young folks. Like yeah, the Hillary and Trump thing that's gonna be that or whatever. But to affect what we're going through every day, what we gotta go through or whatever, we gotta get the balls up out of here. What affected the youth more, Alton Sterling dying, or the guy who committed the murders of the police? What affected the youth? Man, more? look, man, I think. I mean, so so. Let me, I'm, I'm gonna make this very, 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 very clear, very, very clear. And I'm, I'm sure you know this, but for the people that are listening, um, Baton Rouge had nothing but peaceful protests. At no point, at no point, did did did, did Baton Rouge protesters get violent. I heard rumors that people was throwing water bottles. I don't believe it or whatever. Um, when I so so so, this is one thing a lot of people don't know. Uh, Salamone, the officer that that killed Officer Sterling. His father is the, the the chief of special operations. His father is over the SWAT teams that handle special events such as protests. So 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 I want you to think about that when you look online and you see these officers running up, you know, choking this choking this Australian lady out, or when you see these officers violate civil liberties by walking up on private property, or even running in a woman's house. To, to arrest protesters, violate civil liberties. I want you to remember that the person who is over that, who is directing them to do that and allowing them to beat up and brutalize protesters, peaceful protesters, is the father of the man who killed out the Sterling. So, 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 um, so I want to say that very, very clear, very, very clear, whatever. The protests were very, very, very peaceful, right? So right. then you, you, you have, you know, you have this nut. You have this nut who comes from Kansas City and kills the police officers. I personally think, um, you know, as being a student of history, I understand. Um, um, I understand that U.S. intelligence agencies will use different agents to uh, to, to disrupt a movement and or um, um, you know disrupt the movement. It, it causes confusion or whatever. So I confess is whoever this dude was is not. It would wouldn't you know you know he. It's funny because both the guy in Dallas and the guy 
um, <clears throat> and the guy in Baton Rouge were former military. I'm not, I'm not convinced that, you know what I'm saying, that they weren't agents of the state sent to, like, change the narrative. And, you know, the first thing something happens is they blame it on Black Lives Matter, you know what I'm saying, which is totally false enough. So that guy was not a protester. He's not from Baton Rouge. He's not representative <laughs> of what we did. And what my people did in terms of protests and whatever. So what happened was, so, so we was protesting and organizing and doing our thing or whatever. <laughs> After that happened, you know what I'm saying, out of respect. And they didn't really have to, but out of respect, you know what I'm saying, um, a lot of the protests kind of died down. And I like, like for me, this, this is my thing about protesting. What's up? It's good to let them know that you're angry. It's good, good to let them know that you're not going to take it. But after a while, you have to kind of focus the energy into some actual, into some actual plans and some type of structure in order to make some change, right? And so that's kind of what it's been ever since. But nationally, the narrative kind of switched off of the unjust lynching out disturbing to the police officers. Now, granted. The police officers did not deserve to die. The man, the, whoever, whoever the, the, the clown was who murdered them are 3,000% cowards or whatever. But we're in this position because um, Alder Sterling was unlawfully lynched. You know what I'm saying? Unlawfully lynched by uh, the, the, the two officers that night or whatever. Um, you know, and then the flood situation really changed the narrative. You know what I'm saying? And so my partner and I, we've been very, very... Um, serious about making sure that we are that, that we don't we, like literally we don't let Alfred Sterling's memory or his children or his family wash away because think about it just like a flood can happen again I could be walking down the street that can happen to me again too Word, you know man. what I'm saying like 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 and, and we still not getting no justice or whatever and so we still out here fighting and organizing for justice you know what I'm saying um for, for Alfred Sterling to try to prevent it and we're trying to get we're trying to change some of these laws on these books and change some of these policies prevent this type of thing from happening again. It's going to happen again because that's just how America works. But we got to do our due diligence to make sure we can prevent it to the best, to the best of our abilities. You know what? That is so did change the narrative that it's almost like this is a time that you need the cops to protect and serve. This is when we need them. So now it's just put everything a, a, a wire. I imagine Baton Rouge right now is cra- it's crazy. What's the future for Baton Rouge, you think? I don't know, man. I mean, we're about to see. Like, we 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 in a place like on July fifth at twelve thirty a.m. Our lives change, and I don't know what's about to happen. I know what we like. I said the same thing I said with the rap stuff, man. Like, um, um, just like where you know we have room to create. It's a blank canvas. We don't. We you know there's no structure there for us. Now, you know what I'm saying? We have room to create. So I really don't know, man. I think that uh, I can tell you like like between like it's just me. Like in the south, or well, I don't know. I, I can't speak for nowhere else, but in the south. Since Trump has been doing this thing, uh, uh, all, 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 all your closet races are starting to show they behind. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. After the killing, after Alvin Sterling was lynched, they really got to cutting up. After police got murdered, they really got to cutting up. Mm. And so every, everybody's on some, we left each other now during the flood. As soon as the water goes away, they'll get to cutting up again. You know what I'm saying? Just so, so, what, so, so, what, so, so, yeah. And so, what we got to do is we have to fight. Like, we got to fight like there never was a flood. We got to take care of ourselves, of course. Get back in our homes and you know get the flood relief popping or whatever. And that's going to be an ongoing process. But we can't forget what we're here for because we got to prevent this mapping again. So, honestly, brother B, I have no idea. I have no idea what's about to happen. We just, we just got to fight for it <laughs> and make sure we get some type of justice. Hey, well, I appreciate you coming by the podcast, man. We gonna post. Hey man, we, we talk about the music enough, man. Hold on, wait, hold on, hold on. Oh, what you, what you, oh, you want to talk about? Some music, what's man. up, bro? 
we 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 got off we got off on the other stuff. You gotta ask him more about the album, man. I'm still trying to sell the album, man. I hear you now. Okay, we we uh we in stereo now. What's good? All right. So the album came out. Tell me some July twenty second. July twenty second. Tell yes. me, tell me, what's your favorite track on the album? My favorite track on the album is the track number two, "Stand Whisper." It's the first song I wrote for the album back okay. in summer two thousand eight. It's it's arguably probably one of my best written songs ever. I love the beat. I love the production. It speaks to me on a different level. Um, it's kind of like it, it almost sounds like a prayer, and it's me. It's me, like basically, um, being being a conscious MC, being a, a MC activist or whatever, being uh, you know, kind of being out there um, in the community. Um, you know, it kind of you know people looking at me as a, as as a, as a leader. <clears throat> it kind of plays as a prayer for um, you know, for for protection from the Most High during uh physical as well as spiritual warfare. You know what I'm saying? So it was real deep, it's real tense, real soulful or whatever. Um it's definitely my favorite record, you know, um and it's it's been a favorite um for everybody. You know what I'm saying? Like across the board they're like, yeah, that's like your best record ever. So uh yeah. So stand with me, number two. Weird. On the album. Where did you get the concept for the cover? For the cover. Um man, I was just looking online one day and I saw somebody post a picture. And um, I mean, so so I'm glad you answered that question. So, like I said, I started working on this album in 2008. Um, you know, now when I when I started working on it, I wasn't a father, I wasn't a husband, or whatever. And um, you know, I, I didn't, I, I kind of neglected, uh, you know, learning more about black women. You know what I'm saying? And and uh, you know, and I didn't really know much about feminism, and specifically, I didn't know much about black womanism. And so, on my album. Like you know, I definitely talk about my wife and my kids or whatever, and my daughter. But I don't really say I don't I don't I don't do I don't do justice in terms of how I, I don't really articulate and show how poor the black woman is to me. You know what I'm saying? How, how poor the black woman is to me, and how important the black woman is to to civilization. You know what I'm saying? But black folks in general, specific you know specifically black men or whatever. So um, since I didn't have that much content about black womanism, I wanted to show. I wanted to show my solidarity because I mean it like there, there's for 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 a black man there's been no there's been not another person more uh there advocating fighting living and dying for black men than black women and so um, i saw the i saw the album cover it looks like um i saw the picture <clears throat> i saw the uh it looks like during civil rights time, and it looks like uh, the officer's trying to hit the woman with a baton, and she's not having it. You know what I'm saying? And so she's striking her back. She's she defending herself or whatever. And I mean, I, I feel like you know, you know, we, you know, they call they call Africa Mother Africa, and we and we talk, we look about like you know, what I'm saying what America, what Europeans, you know, what I'm saying historically have done to Mother Africa. This is Mother Africa. This is a black woman. This is a black guy fighting back against white supremacist oppression or whatever. And so that's my tribute. If you look at if, if if you have the physical CD um, on the back cover, it's a picture of the original um, Statue of Liberty, which was after like a full figure, big lip, big hipped, beautiful dark skinned African woman, uh, a French sculptor sent it to America, and they didn't want to do that, so they sent it back or whatever. You know what I'm saying? They, they sent they sent the other Statue of Liberty, you know. So like, so yeah, so I know that cover picture. is definitely. I know that. Yeah, picture. yeah, you know, you know, what you're talking about. about so the album cover is definitely my tribute to the black woman, and and and. and don't nobody scream cry freedom. You know, you know what I'm saying? Like like cry blood, sweat and tears of joy and pain, you know what I'm saying, for the fight for freedom for for the African than the black woman. Don't nobody do it better. 
That was a, do it better. That that was a good at that was a good way to segue into having women on, not segue, but bringing them into the project. Because especially being an underground artist, it's such a male dominated world. Your audience yes. is male dominated, but your art gotta still have that reflection of your life. And I like how you right. you broke it down to that point where you even did you think about that to the point where even you named some of the tracks that same way. Um, so, so it's funny, like, so originally the album was supposed to be called By Any Means. Um, that was the original title of the album. See? But, like, <clears throat> That's a jewel. So I released... That's, that's a jewel, I, I didn't know that. Right, right, but, you know, a lot of people do Malcolm X and they do By Any Means. Mm-hmm. And the actual song By Any Means, I released originally in 2009 or whatever. So the song was a little old, and I, I remixed it for the album, and I put another, I put another singer, I put another, uh, another game, I put Truth Universal on there, whatever. But, um, you know, the song was old, and, you know, everybody got my, Michael Mech stuff, whatever. And so I'm looking, so I got 10 songs. I'm, and I'm looking, I'm like, okay, for what's going on right now, how I feel, whatever I'm trying to get across, what title screams, literally screams what I'm about right now. And Cry Freedom was the last song on the album. And I was like, okay, we'll call it Cry Freedom or whatever. You know, it's, it's a phrase that, it, you know, sometimes it's almost like it sounds backwards. Like, for, it's, you, would, you would think, like, crying freedom of freedom, cry, uh, cry for freedom of, you know, free, whatever. But um, it just really stuck out to me. And, um, you know, that title in itself, um, I don't know if you're, you're probably familiar with uh, Stephen Biko. He was, uh, like, like the godfather of the Black Consciousness Movement in, uh, in apartheid South Africa. He was he was a, he was an activist or whatever, and he was uh, you know uh, de- de- definitely putting on for the um, the South African people during apartheid, and you know he was uh, you know just 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 a good brother. Um, was he was, a, a was he was he American or was he South African? Say he's not South African, South African. Okay. Um, South African, Stephen Biko or whatever. He um he there was a movie about it. You could look it up. Uh, you can probably order it on Amazon. It's a movie about his life called Cry Freedom and it stars Denzel Washington mm. and I remember watching the movie like years ago I said I love this title you know what I'm saying I love this title and uh, I'm, I'm, you know so I named the song Cry Freedom the first thing I sound the song is I'm Stephen Biko singing for the people harmonizing and organizing the uprising from Southern Ghetto to South African widows. I'm like, okay okay cool so so that was, that was kind of my mindset going into it or whatever and so, uh, so the title Cry Freedom stuck and uh, you know when it was time to you know kind of rename the album, I, I thought of um, I thought of freedom is my religion. I thought of warrior music. I'm like, nah, I, I want something that that Google's well and it really means something on a deeper level. So I went with Cry Freedom. That that was a great choice of album title, man. So people go out there, check out Cry Freedom with the homie Marcel yes, P. Black. It's on iTunes, on Google Play, on all your digital retailers. Is if you huh? want to stream, it's on uh, it's on it. titles, on Apple Music, uh, Napster, uh, uh, what am I forgetting? Spotify, all that. And no. if you want to just support independent artists straight Merch. up, MarcelPBlack.BandCamp.com, all that. Mar- T-shirts, hey. got snapbacks coming, all that. Yeah, shows is that Marcel is that also on uh, Bandcap too? Yeah, 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 all that, man. Um, yeah, matter of fact, I know you. Uh, you said you said in Atlanta, right? You know it, East Atlanta, chilling. All right. I already, but I'm at the A3C in October, uh, the seventh and eighth. I'll be at the A3C. You know what I mean? So we we definitely got to link up then. Definitely, we're gonna turn up for we're gonna turn up for the A3C, man. Marcel, appreciate you, bro. I appreciate you, man. Hey, I'm gonna talk to you later, man. Peace. Peace. Yeah. 
Rich Eisen. It, yes, it is me, Rich Eisen, in the flesh. Right, right. Welcome. You are welcome. Artie, Artie, uh, Artie Eisen. <laughs> Artie Lang and Rich Eisen had a baby. <laughs> you, the, they, they don't even know what they're ready for. They, they ain't even Check this out, Dan Patrick. I'm <laughs> <laughs> yeah. naming off all kind of stuff. Let you know, I got, the, I got that, that sports IQ. <laughs> if, if it involves an object that you get points for doing something with that, that's you all day twice on Sunday. We got what happened? That's you all day twice on Sunday. You said fights on Sunday. Twice on Sunday. That's you all day and twice said, on I Sunday. Got it. All day, every day, twice on Sunday. Twice on Sunday, <laughs> whenever, however you want it, we got it. You know what I'm saying? However you need it, it's definitely you it. You get the coffee. I take mine with two hazelnuts and 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 too much sugar. <laughs> well, hey, well, you are officially on the HeartlandPodcast.com. What up, man? Oh, it's, it's going down right now. Oh, you are alive. They heard the rant. They heard you say <laughs> we start naming off shows, and you start like. They start labeling your sports knowledge. This is Derek Hunter. Derek Hunt. Oh, Derek okay. Hunt is on the goddamn line right now. I will give a round of applause okay. for you, man, but it's just me in here by myself. <laughs> <laughs> we in here. We in here lit. So Derek is a good the friend of mine. The sports guru. The, <laughs> the, uh, the self-proclaimed. What's what you need? Derek. Tell, tell. I, know, I know everything about sports. Post-1984. <laughs> <laughs> why Why just 84, though? Because that's when the kid was born. I don't know. You know, I might know a couple things before then, but after 84, definitely. If it happened, I know about it. All right, so tell me tell me what happened today. What happened today in sports that was, that was popular? Today in sports. Let's see. We got, what is it, August? So we're doing, ah, we're still doing the Olympics. Bird. I saw I saw you saying um, throw a javelin. You saw you saying both throw a javelin? Yeah. He could do anything. Man. He could do anything he wants. When when folks <laughs> okay, check this out. See see, black folks already have a problem of, you know, you know, doing a good job and then not, you know, bragging about it or letting it go to their head. But when you call in a black guy the fastest man on the planet you pretty much giving him the green light to just try out anything. Like when they told Jordan he was the nicest basketball player on the planet, he was like, oh, words, let me try baseball. You know, and it might not necessarily, you know, looking back, wasn't the best move. What did, what did he do? Did he make it to the MLB? No. no. What, what was he in? The, the, he was in the San Jose, the San Jose Sawdust Collectors. What was the name of the team? He was, he was on the, 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 the Cincinnati... Uh, uh, <laughs> where was he at? The North Carolina. Uh, he was in the Bir- Birmingham uh, Barons. He was in Alabama. He was, on what? he was in Alabama, where they sent everybody to go. Like the fuck is Michael Jordan doing, doing in, in, in Alabama? Roll Tide for what? He's probably in Atlanta gambling. Uh, that's why he's been all this time at the Cherokee Casino, trying to get, trying to make his luck better. You know, what people don't understand about Michael Jordan is that he was really black. Like, he's blacker than most people think. So, you know, for them to send him down to the South, I mean, that makes no sense. I mean, I, don't, I just don't get it. You know, he was up in Chicago, 
I know the White Sox or the Cubs had a, a, a triple-A team. You can go down south. you got the basketball world in your hands. If you can just throw it away, that's, you know, I don't even understand what that was about, Mr. Uh, Michael Jordan. So, so by default, with Michael Jordan being Michael Jordan, and how many mm-hmm. how many Olympics did Michael Jordan play in? Do you do you know? I want to say just one. Did is he that the, was the original dream team? Is he the greatest Olympian of all time? Just off that one. The greatest Olympian? Is he better? There's no way. We're, we're, we're better, talking about Olympians. No, we're, no, no. We're, we're talking about Olympians. Be, we're Olympian talking about basketball. collection of gold medals. Okay. Okay. Olympian, Olympian basketball player. Olympian basketball player. Oh. Just off the uh, one. I want to say. Brought it, he brought I want to say no. 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 We're talking about somebody who has at least two gold medals. So we're talking about LeBron James might be the best Olympian of all time. Actually, no, because because the first time LeBron was out there, I think they lost. They uh, lost. They got the bronze. They lost. Yeah. So LeBron and Vince Carter and them. So they lost. Yeah, mm. yeah. That's no. Nah, that's that's see. That's that's mm. like we're not we're not going to speak of that. King James has risen to a point where <laughs> we're just not going to speak on any of his default of any of his faults they, because they're not going to bring that, that bronze medal. So epic. No, that last series was so epic. You know, it was so it was so poetic and dramatic. It, it, it was like, come on, man! In order to win his third ring, he has to beat an undefeatable team three straight. He has to win three straight games against a team that does not lose to get his third ring and to avoid his third loss. But listen, I mean, it was just. But listen, though. But just by default. And because we know, because we know who he is, right, and how he plays basketball, we're gonna okay. have to say. I'm trying. To, oh, I'm gonna turn you down real quick. We're gonna have to say that Michael Jeffrey Jordan is the greatest Olympic basketball player, greatest Olympic basketball player of all time. Well, how? Was, okay, I mean, because of what though? Like, well, how, what makes you say that? His his, his non Olympic career. Yeah, I don't know, because he brought back the Olympic basketball. If it wasn't for Michael I mean, Jordan, it wouldn't be nobody say, else in the Olympics. Are you serious? Did you see the members of the Dream Team? I, I want to say everybody, the nicest players of NBA history, except Kobe LeBron, was on that team. You said nicest players ever not named Kobe or LeBron. The nicest, the nicest players ever born, except for Kobe and LeBron, was on Dream Team 1. Yeah, you I, have Magic, you have Bird, you have Pippen, you have Ewing, Malone, uh, Hakeem. Like, why do you have to keep? You have David Robinson. You know what I'm saying? I mean, what? Okay, hold on. I'm about to switch. But still, if you look at, if you look at it like this, right? If I'm looking at Olympic basketball, and then look at a single season. Hold on. Let me give you, let me give you some facts real quick. I got the Olympic. I'm about to turn this down real quick. Hold on. Putting right. college kids on the Olympic team, like they, they were putting non-pros on the Olympic basketball team. The dream team was like, okay, fuck it, let's put out our best professionals on the Olympic team, and then and then and then it was the fucking route. Okay, one 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 thirty-six thirty first Panama. I'll never forget that score in my day in my life. How you beat somebody by hundred points? 
I don't know. That's just me being, maybe I'm a little being a little biased. Michael Jordan fan. So, greatest Olympian of all time then. So in, in basketball? No, no. So, this is another debate. You think that Ethan, the the decathlete, is better than Usain Bolt? Do I think a decathlete is better than Usain Bolt? He won two decathlons in a row. Usain Bolt is the fastest person ever. The Catholic. I'm going with. I'm going with. I'm going with Usain Bolt. <laughs> I'm about to like, go. Fuck you and your. Fuck you and your two mile swim, nigga. Fuck you and your and your uh uh fucking what is that? Where you pole vault? Fuck pole vault. You're not. They you're shot not put. Blazing fast. I think that I think first that Usain Bolt might all, be the best. Let's, let's 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 put it in perspective. Yeah. Okay. Let's you go. got NF. You got NFL athletes who are pretty darn fast who can run a 100 meter dash like a second a whole second and a half slower than Hussein Bolt. You take the fastest cat in the league you take, you take who's fast? You take motherfucking um, let's go with let's go with uh, let's go with Darren McFadden. Let's go with um, who's fast? Let's take uh, throw, throw out a kick returner. I'm going to say uh, Devin Hester. Usain Bolt will run a 100-meter dash against Devin Hester and beat him by 10 feet. And this is Devin motherfucking Hester. Okay? Yeah. That's how impressive Usain Bolt is. There, There's more. There's there's more. Let me see here. Uh, there's less fat. You said there's in less fat. Bolt than in, in one in one there's less fat in Usain Bolt than in one T bone. Usain Bolt. Okay, and it, and this is and this is after is, the butcher gets to it and gives you that good deli select. All right, second question: Do you think Usain Bolt could be on steroids? Yes or no? Usain Bolt is definitely on steroids. Anybody, <laughs> check this out. Check this out. Anybody you just said he was the greatest of all like, time. But 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 check this out. Ever come on now. Ever since I want to say Carl Lewis was in uh, in the sports mainstream, and he was running against the Ben whatever the Canadian dude's name was, right? Uh, his ben, name Ben. Uh, I don't know Ben. Let's ben, say Ben Canada. Ben, ben Canada. Yeah, right. Ben Canada. Ever since Ben Canada got caught with the roids, anybody I catch with the same body type. Is definitely on roids, okay? So your boy uh, Gatlin from USA, roids. Anybody running under a nine eight, it's like knock it off, just <laughs> knock it off, okay? Just test him right now. I guarantee he's coming out blue. The nigga piss is coming out blue. <laughs> you said blue? No, like if you, you got... do, if you run under ten seconds, do you know that every ten feet is a, is is a, is a, a point as a second? It's like stop. You know how fast that is. Like, like, stop it. So talking like, about stop it. So talking about the Olympics, Ryan Lochte, you know who that is. He just the lost swimmer. it. That's, just, try, that's trying to be as famous as Phelps, but will never be that famous. Do you think he should lose it? Do you think the sponsors are pulling out? He lost his deal. He's losing some deals. Do you think the sponsors should just back away, or do you think it's too early? Is he back? Is he coming? First of all, first of all, first of all. 
sponsoring a uh, 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 swimming athlete is high risk enough. Okay. <laughs> yes. Like, what the fuck? I mean, how nice is he? And he's not as nice as Phelps. It's like, why are we even halfway sponsoring this dude? Then he fucking goes out to Rio, buys some bitches, and loses all of his little Rio allowance, and then blames them on getting robbed. It's like money, money. You didn't, you didn't, you, you weren't ready for this sponsor life, and I don't think you ever will be. So, it's been real. Thanks for playing. Just wrap it up, B. You're so, a swimmer. Like, like, how famous did you want? Did you think you was going to be? At any point. So, last Olympic question: Do you think that Gabby, uh, what's her name, Gabby Douglas, and Simone Biles really should have beef? Like, Simone just came in and took all Gabby's shine. It's funny you ask that. Yes, I do. I was wondering. It was all four years ago. It was four. Sure, it felt like four dish. months ago. It was all Gabby. And the and nigga, I seen Gabby Douglas. She looked like she's forty now. <laughs> and it like she do drugs. Why does she age so quickly? She look, she looks old and used now. Like just four years, four years can go by, <laughs> and it will use up your whole shit. I mean, I'm talking about Gabby Douglas was all at the awards show, getting an award right behind LeBron James getting an award. Okay, I thought she was that black gymnast. Okay, now. Four years later, it's like, look, because of the life cycle of a of a gymnast, Duh. they only got a short window. So it's like it's like you got to be like from age thirteen to sixteen. Like once you get past sixteen, seventeen, it's a wrap. And for some reason, I don't know why that is, but that's just that's just how the game goes. Like once you're seventeen, you're an old bitch. Get the fuck out of here. <laughs> <laughs> you got to make room for this fourteen year old bitch with power thighs. <laughs> Oh no! Did you see man. Simone Biles? This, this bitch, this bitch did a cartwheel. <laughs> this bitch ran up, did a cartwheel somersault, and next thing you know, she was twenty feet in the air. Oh, I was sure. like, "You go, bitch!" <laughs> uh, like you, with your ass, with your ashy booty cheeks, you go, bitch. <laughs> oh no! Too much, too much, bro. The bitch, the bitch booty cheeks need a pino. <laughs> oh no! <laughs> Oh no, man! She needs sponsorship. Like her brother, her brother, her brother was holding up the cardboard cutout. He should have had a bottle of vino for booty It was so icy. We know, we know who Cocoa Butter is going after next. <laughs> the Olympic, <laughs> the, the, the gymnast. Just go after the whole team, though. I wouldn't single her out. I would just make it seem like everybody needs it. Because I be trying to be it a good Simone, friend. It was Simone, it was Simone Biles and the Bilettes. I mean, like, <laughs> Gabby Douglas. Who? I, I'll be giving all the white girls. I'll be giving all the white girls uh, uh, cocoa butter. You a, just, just I to tell you a white gymnast name if, if you paid me right now. Like you to tell me, Derek, what's name two of them other bitches on the gymnast team? I'd have been like uh, Simone Biles and Gabby Douglas. Like, okay, name one of the white ones. Er, uh, Sarah. It's quiet for y'all. Joe Hanson. Uh, it's quiet for y'all this year. Y'all better, y'all better get back in the gym. <laughs> yeah, like, like, like you ain't had shit since uh, what was the bitch name? Um, Mary Joe something. What was the, what was the bitch from the, uh, with the taper that broke her leg on the on the on the on the dismount? Oh, I don't like even Mary know. Joe Redden. I don't even know who she is. She had a weird ass tr- looking trainer. That's all I remember. Shit, that, that Russian dude, right? So talk talking about train talking about training. It's the NFL season coming up. Simone Biles is on steroids. Simone Biles is on steroids. They was pumping the fourteen year old with chicken hormones, <laughs> beef <funny>. hormones. <laughs> so, but, hey Derek, play. He had a horseshoe tricep. 
playoffs are Derek, Derek, I mean not playoffs, Yo. preseason. It's preseason. Oh my gosh. Football. Oh, I just cut the highlights on yesterday. Is it just me? Now I'm asking you a question. Go ahead. Is it just me? Or does every fucking team have a squad? <laughs> I I I see shit like this is ninety eight where every team looks like they can go to the yards. Did you see RG three? First of all, the Cleveland Browns got RG three. Nigga, Anquan Bolden and Josh Gordon. Like, like, what was that time you said? Ah, we got Cleveland coming up this week. Ooh, I don't know. Never. I'll tell you when. When was Never. the last time Cleveland was a problem? Nah, they was a problem when they had Schottenheimer and Ernest Viner at the tailback <laughs> in the 80s. Duh. And oh, yeah. Bernie Kozar is but still enough for that love. You had Schottenheimer talking about this a gleam. It's a gleam. Like, stop it. Stop it. Niggas ain't, ain't had no gleam since it was a gleam. Stop it. You, you're never going to nah, make a nah, profit. But Cleveland, Cleveland looked dumb nice. Tennessee? <laughs> what is Derrick Henry and uh, what's his name? And uh, DeMarco Murray talking about. Then I saw uh, Atlanta look nice. Said, hey, I'm trying to think. Every, I, I'm every not seeing, team. I'm not seeing one team not look nice. Let me think. Dallas, Dallas, Dallas got. Go to the ball. Dallas got. Dallas got a backup and a starter. That's Those crazy. Rams look nice. The Jared Goff out here, he just need to get tough. Nah, forget Jared Goff. They Ooh, got Casey a backup Kino. running back. They got a backup running back that looks just like Steven Jackson. <laughs> They're number 39, swole, like 6'2", catching the ball out the backfield with one hand, housing it. I'm like, what? Then they tight in. They tight in looks like you feel me, this prototype, black ass, cut, no fat, having ass motherfucking with sleeve, looking like Shannon Sharp with dreads. I'm I, telling you, every squad has a squad. I really like Dak Prescott compared to Jared Oh, Goff. the homie was just talking about Dak Prescott. This nigga's out here looking like young Russell Wilson. <laughs> like Russell Wilson's young He looking like a younger Russell Wilson Like Russell Wilson's already old news with, If Dak Prescott Look, Tony Romo's gonna get hurt week three You okay? already know Week three Week, week three, three Week early. five That's that weak side blitz All up in the back His back's done He's gonna be washed He has old he's man ribs like Manny. He, he's, gonna, he's gonna do just like Peyton Manning He's gonna play the first part of the season Get broke up The backup's gonna come in Hold it down and then he's going to come back in week 13, week 14, and ride him off to the offs. And then they might fuck around and make the ball. Because this ain't last year. This Tony Romo's last year. After next year, Dak Prescott starting, and Tony Romo is retired. So, Guaranteed. Like, Tony Romo is Super Bowl or bust for Tony Romo. Tony Bowles. Like, we didn't, we didn't, we didn't, I can see Tony. We didn't. We didn't I can see Tony Romo nigga, just Tony cashing Romo, out you, playing we golf. We didn't get you ten. We didn't get you ten years. Like you're the only quarterback I know that's been on the hot seat for ten straight years. If <laughs> it's, 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 it's time to put up a shut up, <laughs> you've been on a hot seat your whole career. He's been, he been, he, they've been about to trade him or fire him every postseason, and then somehow, some way, they like, oh, let's give Tony another chance. And then he come back, has one or two games where he drops five touchdowns, but then loses at the end of the year. It's them five touchdown games that be saving them. Like, they'll have a fucking eight and eight record. Next thing you know, Tony Romo go see Peyton Manning, and it's a 51-48 barn burner, and they like, fuck, man, they can just put up five tubs and 500 yards. I guess I guess the quarterback's not the problem. No, nigga, the quarterback is the problem. Y'all ain't went to the Super Bowl. 
because yeah, the best Bryant didn't make that catch because Tony Romo didn't put it in the better spot. He put it in a cool spot, but he didn't put it in. He said, "Put it in a better spot." Des Bryant would have caught it and housed it and not dropped it. Dak Prescott would have. Then again, but then again, then again, then again, that probably I don't know. Okay, here's another question for you. Yes. What was like? You know how you say somebody got worked, like they got like they got robbed or they got taken advantage of. You'd be like, "Oh, you got worked." Yes. What was the what was a bigger what was a bigger getting worked? Des Bryant's catch or Kobe getting jerked for the MVP by Steve Nash? Uh, uh, I worked harder, Des Bryant or Kobe? Because uh, it was all I mean, season. He caught it. He caught it. He touched it. He reached out. <laughs> like what you mean it wasn't a catch like the only thing he didn't do was whip up a cake while he was catching it you know what I'm saying like he had two feet inbounds he caught it he caught it at his highest point brought mm. it down and tried to stretch and the, and it only came out because it hit the ground I'm like at what point is that not a catch that I would and the ball hit the ground because it was a whole season though you gotta think about Kobe and him getting worked for a whole season oh. Steve uh, Nice was money had nobody on his team. He had no Gasol, none of that for me, and he still got him a seven seed. And that's probably why he got worked because it was like Nash was a two seed, Kobe was a seven seed. But come on now, Kobe had nobody. It was Brian Cook, Smush Parker, Chucky Atkins. I'm trying to think who the nicest person besides Kobe was in them doldrum years, the years between championships. Yeah, Smush it. Parker. They, they was a, that's what I'm saying. Come on. He was an and one veteran. <laughs> <laughs> League minimums out there just balling with Kobe. Kobe, Kobe in the, dropped 81 points. That's why I got some pressure. I got like not 61 points. 80, nigga, 20 more points than 61 points. Like, I, I'm trying to figure out. I don't give a fuck if Steve Nash got 15 assists and 25 points. I'm trying to figure out how you can say this dude who dropped 81. And then that same season, he dropped 63 against Dallas in three quarters. The same season. So oh, he virtually had two He had two 80-point games in the same season. Took his team to the Yaws, a team full of jokers. And money can't get the MVP. That's cool. So every team looked nice. Every team looked nice. Which one's going to the Super Bowl today? I mean, it's... Oh. If the Cardinals can keep Honey Badger healthy, I don't because last year they damn near went there with no Honey Badger, and Tyron Matthews a problem. I don't give a fuck what you got to say about Money. He makes your he, he's a kingmaker. He will take your defense to the promised land. Corner safety, where you gonna put him at? He needs to be there. As soon as he got hurt last year, I was like, there goes their whole chances. I don't give a fuck who's healthy. I don't give a fuck what Carlson Palmer is doing. No honey badgers, no Super Bowl. I called it. Cam you know Newton man? flashing. Cam Newton, you think? So you don't? You not picking Cam? You picking the Cardinals for the Super Bowl? Yeah. Man, it's something about Cam that has big game choke artists written all over him. Like you silly. Like that. That's um, first of all. The Panthers went 15 and 1. Can we say aberration? Can we say a comet? You feel me? Can we say that's not coming back around anytime soon? You know what I'm saying? It was the dab. They're dabbing on everybody. Yeah, so now that all that is okay, the whole country's dabbing. There's a nigga named Dabo Sweeney who's dabbing. Okay, so all that, now that all that's old, 
what you got for them this year? They they might go eleven and five. Okay, they gonna get to the playoffs. Okay, but if they run up against uh, Seattle, first of all, they did Seattle and Arizona something dirty last year. I don't think they like. I don't think they took too kindly to that. I don't, I don't think, I don't think neither see, one of them squads is gonna let that happen two times. I don't think they can stop it. I don't think they can stop it. They nah, got the best offensive nah. player, Cam Newton, and he you got a big it, receiver saying? back. All you need, dog, dog. dog. The Broncos gave him, gave him the recipe. All you got to do is pop in this Super Bowl tape. See, it's a copycat league. You, you I know mean, what I'm saying? You heard that before. All I, you do is pop I got a shocker. Tape. I got a shocker right here. I think the Broncos could go back to Super Bowl if they just play Paxton Lynch from the beginning of the season. Treat him like Ben Roethlisberger. The Broncos, the Broncos have a defense that's rivaling the 01 Ravens and they get and the eighty five Bears that they get and the eighty six Giants they get. I'm talking about Von Miller and and what's the guess they get, um DeMarco Ware. DeMarcus Russell Yeah, uh Ware. DeMarcus Ware. Yeah. That dude is sweet like bear meat, but he will hold down the edge. See, I'm picking them to go to the Super Bowl only if they get Paxton Lynch to start the whole season. That's the only nah, way. Sanchez yes. is low-key nice. No, Sanchez just threw two <laughs> picks. No. <laughs> no. Like, like if you're John Elway, you're putting the veto stamp on 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 uh, Sanchez. Swear to God, I'm putting that. I'm putting them back in the pile. I'm gonna just hey, shake look, it up. Like I got a bucket of quarterbacks. I'm gonna see what else look, I can look. get. I already know you sound just like me. How I already know at some point in time within the last three years, Sanchez was on your French, on your fantasy team, and he let you smooth down. Smooth down. I know he was on my French. He was on my fantasy team one year, and it was the playoffs, homie. It was the first round of the playoffs, homie. I'm talking about. I just needed him to complete one more pass. One and more. I w. That's it. And he threw a pick. I was, I was, I was so off Sanchez for me. So done with Sanchez. <laughs> I'm so done with him. But look, but look, the whole purpose of the show, okay, is to remove all bias. So doing that, I gotta say, Money has had a nice camp. Okay. He just threw two picks there. He just threw two picks. Okay, bro. okay, okay, okay. That's fine. That's this. Or uh, excuse me, fumble, fumble two. He fumbled twice. He's up to his old tricks with the buffaloes. He's out, he's out here fumbling. He's out here fumbling, willing and dealing with the ball. He's out here willy nilly. He has no home training. Hey, you know what? Yeah. I needed I needed money to complete one more pass. It didn't even matter for how many yards. I just needed money to throw the ball and have his own team catch it. And it was the final drive of the game. All I needed to do was throw it to the flat and have a cat run for a couple yards. All I needed to do. Sanchez throws it across the middle. Of pick game over. Walk off pick. Walk off pick. Derek loses. Derek loses. Derek loses first round of the playoffs by one point. Uh, and, and it was like it was a it was type of fantasy league where the, the score would be like two thousand to two thousand. I lost by one point. I'm, I'm just gonna I'm just gonna be biased. I'm not picking him just because he lost you that po- game by a point. I'm done with him. Just on the strength of that. You you that 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 buff I was so I was so he, on. He, he at, lost you at hello. At he USC, at I mean at USC, he was supposed to be the man. 
So I'm on pick. What? I blame him. I blame him for USC losing to Texas because he was the scout team quarterback at practice that week. I, I think he Paxton was not giving us a good look. This is my argument, D. This is my argument. Why you should start Paxton Lynch and not Mark Sanchez if you're the Broncos. You okay. know I'm this. John you know I'm like John. Listen, I'm like I'm gonna say, I'm gonna say some shit like what's my nigga? Throw him off, my nigga John. Listen. We already know. Like J.E., like J.E., let me holler at you one time. J.E., holler at me real quick. We already know what Mark Sanchez is. He's a bump fumble. He's a, he's a mark. He's a mark. We don't know what Paxton Lynch is. Let's get him some reps. Paxton, look, Paxton Lynch came out of Memphis, homie. It's like, come on. I would throw all shuffle I can't, passes. I can't, I can't throw the dice on somebody out of Memphis. I mean, D'Angelo Williams. He's a running back. He's but then, I was like, if Paxton Lynch had a little, was nice, though. He had a more of a better college career than Man, Jared you know, Goff. You know who else was nice? You, you know who else was nice in college that everybody thought was the truth out of the no-name college? J.P. Lawson out of Tulane. He got the big arm. Blah, blah, blah. What happened? Ray Samuels. That's what happened. That's true. He could Paxton, be, Paxton Lynch reminds he me could of, be J.P. Lawson. He could be J.P. Lawson. He's definitely that small school, big arm. Uh, fucking fool's gold. That's it. We gonna see. I'll take. I don't. I don't. I don't even know how you take quarterbacks out of small schools like that. They gotta. They. They're the main I ones feel that like, gotta have a pressure. I feel like J.P. Lossman didn't get picked up until later rounds. Paxton Lynch was a first round draft pick. J.P. Lossman. J.P. Lossman was a blue chip prospect, homie. They was fighting over J.P. Lossman. The Bills. The Bills scooped him. I want to say first round, like third overall quarterback. <laughs> J.P. Lossman. Golly. J.P. Lossman was the number one scout fooler, but number two behind Ryan Lee. Oh, J.P. Lossman. See, but that's when you get into them, that's a realm of impossibility. I'm going to roll the dice because you're going to run into more. I, I, I got to go. If, if, I'm, if I'm Tom Fox and John Elway, I got to go with Sanchez until 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 he, until he fucks up. I, I mean, that's what I got to do. If I'm going to bet if I'm gonna bet that my first-round quarterback turns into J.P. Lossman, Versus turning into uh, Trent Dilfer, <laughs> like mm. I'm gonna just they're more likely to turn to Trent Dilfer than they are to JP Lossman. I don't know what Wait, round first Trent, of all, Trent named, Dilfer was selected. Quarterbacks, like what do you mean? Like that's why you need. He got Trent Super Dilfer. Bowl. He got Super Bowl. That's what I'm talking. But about. But he was nasty though. He was. He. It was like, come on, Trent Dilfer. You're not the luckiest Super Bowl winning quarterback ever. I think. I don't know what JP. Trent Dilfer was I, so I don't know what, nasty. Okay, so so I don't think that he could beat Trent Dilfer. Like I don't think that Paxton Lynch is Trent Dilfer's game. I think Paxton Lynch's game is like Aaron Rodgers minus Aaron Rodgers. <laughs> Everything first else. Of all, is Aaron first Rogers. of all, Aaron, people forget like seventy five percent Aaron Rodgers. People people forget Aaron Rodgers was. Simmering, nigga, in a stew full of spices uh, behind Brett Favre for like five years. He had like the rosiest situation. I never saw. Get drafted and post behind Brett Favre until you're ready. This is all just me going from Paxton Lynch's workout tapes. Like, every, like the if little thing. If that's the case, then Carson Wentz is the next Tom Brady. That's the case. What's up with Carson Wentz? I ain't heard nothing about him. I ain't heard nothing before the draft. I ain't heard nothing after the draft. He's the biggest mystery since the motherfucking UFOs. That's hilarious. 
So, Derek, where, if people want to check out more of your sports opinions, where can they check them out at? You got to holler at Brandon Dix. You know, I'm, <laughs> I, I got a secret contract. I mean, secret contract. You, know, you got to tune in. Advisor. You got to tune in and, Love and it. you know, send a letter. Send a letter. All right, man. We appreciate like, you. Like, 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 I like your show, but where's the Derek segment? Like, what do you need more <laughs> The people wanted a Derek segment. Like, like, where's so that no all no name? Like, where, like, where is he? We had to give it to him. <laughs> yeah, Wait, man, I gotta get back to work, man. I gotta pay some bills. All right, <laughs> All right peace, D man. Later. All right, so. Yo, that was it, man. Welcome y'all to the Heartland Podcast. This was a dope episode. I had the homie Derek on. You know, I had a lot of different ideas of what the podcast was gonna be. So I'm glad it turned out to be this. Yo, welcome and thank you all for tuning in to the Heartland Podcast. I'm your host, B. Diddy Dollars. Thank y'all for tuning in. May all your pain be champagne. May all your tears be tears of joy. And this is the heartlandpodcast.com. Let's go.